People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, book recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 62, and I am recording on Friday, October 29th, 2021. I hope everyone had a fun Halloween. I'm looking forward to a Halloween a little bit different from last year where we, I think we hid candy in all the rooms in our house and had the kids go on a scavenger hunt since we were in the midst of COVID. Um, But hopefully this year will be a little more social and a little more exciting. I've been taking a lot of long walks lately. I'm sort of in the drafting process of a new novel, and I find that I can work out so much by walking and walking. So the other day I was walking past a construction site near my house, and I saw that they'd installed a structure out front, and I was so excited because it was a little free library, and I thought that was so nice of the new neighbors, and I kept thinking about all the books I was going to deposit into the new little library, but... When I got closer, I realized that what I thought was a free library was in fact a porta potty. <laughs> so there are still plenty of little free libraries around town, and I do often drop my books there, but maybe I'll have to start posting on Instagram where I am dropping my books off and local readers can go and retrieve them. Our puppy Roo is doing well. She's four months old now, and I just took her to the vet this morning for her shots. So she is resting the day away. She can go downstairs now as well as up, which is liberating for my back because we can leave a door open and she takes herself outside to go potty. She's such a good girl. And she's already way bigger than our other dog, Dingo. And I'm not sure when Rue will stop growing or how big she will be. I've had like a 25 pound dog before, but never anything bigger. And right before we get into some bookish news, I feel like I haven't talked about what I've been watching on TV lately. I realize this is a book podcast, but I thought I'd catch you up in case you were interested. I watched All of Made, which was based on a nonfiction book that I never read, but the TV series, I thought it was great. It was really hard to watch in some parts and really exposed so many challenges present in our welfare system and how pretty much women get the short end of the stick in all of these systems. We had a fun family movie the other night and hunkered in and watched the new Dune and we absolutely loved it. Cinematically, it was gorgeous and I thought my kids might find it slow, but they were totally into it all two and a half hours of it. And it kind of makes me want to go back and watch the original 80s version because I had forgotten that Sting is in it and a whole slew of other people that you probably forgot were in it as well. And I am also on season three of Succession, which is my weekly dose of horrible people doing horrible things. Now on to some bookish news. St. Heron, which is the creative studio run by artist Solange, has embarked on a new and exciting project, which began in October. The studio's website will act as a free library stocked with rare and out-of-print books by Black historians, writers, poets, and artists, which is amazing. Through their online portal, anyone in the United States can borrow a selection of 50 art anthologies, poem collections, zines, novels, and history books. 
The titles are all curated by Atlanta Bookstore for Keeps books founder Rosa Duffy, and I will leave a link to the site in the show notes. And I know I'm very late to announce this sad news, but Gary Paulson, beloved young adult novelist and winner of three Newbery medals, has passed away. He most famously wrote Hatchet, which was a huge hit when I taught fifth grade. What I did not know about him was how much he completely eschewed technology. He was also not a fan of humans, the exception being children, whom he obviously connected with through his books. And now it's time for some book recommendations. My first pick this week is Win Me Something by Kyle Lucia Wu, and this comes out tomorrow, and it was published by Tin House Books. I love this novel. It was a slow burn for me about a young woman named Willa who is biracial. She's Chinese American living in New York City. She's always felt torn between two worlds and she feels further fractured by her parents split and they each go on to form their own new families, leaving her feeling left out. On the outside, Willa is reserved and she comes off as quiet or shy, but lucky for readers, we are let into her interiority. Willa gets a job as a nanny for the Adrians, who are this very affluent white family living in Tribeca, and she sees her new charge, Bijou, as a girl who has everything that Willa has always wanted. This is an unsettling novel about identity and desire and family. It's for people who can appreciate a quieter, more subtle read. But I found myself riveted. If I had to pick a comp, it reminded me of such a fun age, but definitely less plotty and more introspective. Thank you to Tin House for the advanced review copy. And again, that is Win Me Something by Kyle Lucia Wu. My second pick is The Cabinet by Unsu Kim. And this came out in October, and it was translated by Sean Lynn Halbert. This book falls under the bizarro category, and I mean that in the best way possible. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I love me a weird book. I was giddy with excitement reading this one. The novel starts with a very Marquez-like fable about a small village on the island of Martinique, and we learn about the town prison, which is a tower in the middle of town, and a prisoner who sits there all day, every day, just waiting for something to happen. And then one day something does, a volcano erupts, and everyone everyone in the town dies. And by the way, this is not a spoiler. It happens on the first few pages. And so this prisoner who's been waiting for something to happen escapes, and he's the sole survivor of the volcano, and he's never heard from again, except these stories begin to emerge about how awful the townspeople were um, who lived there. And so there's this rumor that maybe it was the prisoner's revenge on the townspeople by spreading these stories and tarnishing their reputations. And I say all this to let you know that this isn't even what the actual novel is about. That's just how it starts. The novel is actually about a man named Mr. Kong, who for the last seven years has a job guarding, uh, watching over the cabinet, which is 
literally a cabinet, filled with 375 files chronicling symptomers. And symptomers are people who have evolved into humans, but with bizarre circumstances, such as a man with a ginkgo tree growing from his fingers, or a woman with a lizard growing in her mouth. This novel is an often very funny look at life's most bizarre corners, which reads as a meditation on what it means to be alive at this particularly fraught moment of human existence. I loved every second of this book and didn't want it to end. It was like looking through a Technicolor kaleidoscope. I am definitely looking forward to more from Unsu Kim in the future. And they're also the author of The Plotters, which came out a few years ago. And again, that is The Cabinet by Unsu Kim, translated by Sean Lynn Halbert. My next pick is Carry the Dog by Stephanie Ganji, and this also comes out tomorrow. In this often funny novel, B. Sedgerus is on the cusp of turning 60 and has a complicated life, don't we all? The title Carrie the Dog comes from a photograph that her famous mother took that was featured in Life magazine when her mom was only 18 years old. Her mother also immortalized Bee and her brothers by photographing them in a provocative series, The Marx Nudes, which caused quite a stir at the time. Now Hollywood wants to make a movie of her family's life, and the Museum of Modern Art wants the images. So B has to navigate whether or not she should sell her family stories, or would that be considered selling out? And what old wounds might come from revisiting the past? This is a novel about aging, revisiting the past, and childhood trauma. Thank you to NetGalley and Algonquin Books for the advanced review copy. And again, that is Carry the Dog by Stephanie Ganji. So in a total non sequitur, a fun fact about me is that I was never one of those child bunheads in a pink tutu. I was too busy participating in classical piano competitions. And you wonder why I now have a nerdy podcast dedicated to reading books. (laughs) Anyhow, in high school, I took jazz dance and I took tap and musical theater, but never, ever ballet. Cut to... When I was 23 years old and living in San Francisco, I decided to give ballet a whirl, and I absolutely loved it. I became so obsessed that I used to go at least four nights a week, and this was after very long days teaching fifth grade and then running over to the JCC and working in childcare for three hours. Then I moved back to LA and took ballet just as obsessively, also teaching fifth grade and then pursuing a master's degree. I went so often in that four-year period that I actually advanced to be able to go on point, which was so exciting and terrifying. But my instructor ended up leaving the studio maybe after I was on point for four months. And so I stopped taking classes and life went on. But I always managed to return to ballet, finding a studio in Santa Monica that I went to pretty infrequently. When the pandemic hit, the prima ballerina for the New York City Ballet Tyler Peck began giving bar lessons on Instagram, and I fell right back into ballet. So I still take lessons now and again, 
Um, but all this to say that a book based on a ballet school sounded intriguing to me. So I picked up The Turnout from the library. The Turnout is by Megan Abbott. So The Turnout is a suspense novel about two sisters growing up at their parents' place of business, the Durant School of Dance. And when they're growing up, their parents also take in a boy named Charlie when he's young, who comes to live with them. And he comes to live with uh, Dara and Marie, who are the Durant's two daughters, who both are dancers. But then tragedy strikes and the Durant parents are both killed in a car accident. But Dara and Marie and Charlie still live in their house. And as they grow up, they end up running the Durant School of Dance. Uh, Dara is then married to Charlie, who isn't her technical brother because they just took him in, but it sort of has some flowers in the attic vibes, if you know what I mean. So the school is now deep in rehearsals for their annual production of The Nutcracker. But the contented trio is shaken up when a contractor named Derek begins working on some studio improvements. He makes evident the shaky ground on which sisters Dara and Marie are living. This is a book about sisters and family, secrets, and of course, the passion for dance. I found this book haunting and suspenseful, and it's one of two books about ballet that I get to read this fall. And again, that is The Turnout by Megan Abbott. And last, but certainly not least, is a novel called New York, My Village by U.M. Akpon, and this comes out tomorrow. So in this novel, Ikong Udusoro is an editor who's living in Nigeria, and he has big plans to relocate to America. He's won a Toni Morrison Fellowship for Black Editors, and he's heading to a publishing house in New York to not only work there, but also pursue his passion project, which is recording oral interviews of the Enang war victims. But leaving Nigeria and getting to America isn't as easy as winning a fellowship. The people in charge of issuing visas are suspicious of Ekong's project, flagging it as too political. This is a novel about immigration, being Black in America, the publishing industry, and finding one's tribe. I thought this was a fascinating and compelling read. Akpon is just a fantastic writer, and I was completely absorbed in this story, where I also learned a lot about the Biafran War, of which I knew nothing before reading this book, so shame on me. This will appeal to both literary readers and readers passionate about African history. Thank you to NetGalley and W.W. Norton and Company for the advanced review copy. Up next for me is Lean Your Loneliness Slowly Against Mine, a novel by Clara Hefberg. And links to all of the books I discussed can be found in the show notes of this podcast or by going to booksaremypeople.com. Want to drop me a line? Email me at booksaremypeople at gmail.com. And that is all for me this week. You'll be getting three episodes of Books Are My People this month because it's a month with a lot of Mondays. I'll be back in two weeks. And in the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.